0: Game Talk Radio. I'm your host, Greg. How are y'all doing today? I'm doing great. Today's going to be a little bit different, though. So I'm trying something a little bit different. My good friend John here is in the studio. Say hi, John. Hey. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try... We I, A lot of people don't know this. When I originally started Game Talk Radio, it, I wanted it to be like a debate show. I wanted to have a co-host. We would have topics. We would discuss back and forth the pros and cons of certain things. And I Ultimately, without sounding like a total douchebag, I never found anyone else to do the show with me. I never found somebody else who was like on my level of knowledge, who was passionate about the news side of things, who cared about this stuff. Um, and then obviously, John, I've known for a very long time. we have been friends for a long time. And we've always had really good conversations. Though. Like you're somebody who's in the know. You formulate your own opinions. You don't just regurgitate some nonsense you heard on some podcast somewhere. And so it, but then unfortunately, by the time we realized that I was doing like my Tuesday morning recording podcast, you're working, it's hard to find a time. So if it works out, I love the idea of this after the Dropcast recording, like this works really well for me, especially once we get it locked down and we're not here playing around with the setup for a million years like we were today. Um, but the podcast can be a little bit different because you're going to hear basically where we've got some sort of like a, a qu- you know, we bring up a topic, but we're going to actually discuss it back and forth. So it's going to be two of us here instead of normally me doing my ranting. Um, so with that being said, John, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself a little bit, and you can talk a little bit about how we know each other, but a little bit about your past, why people should care what you have to say about uh, about the game
1: industry and such. Should I make it easy for you to edit out all the beginning stuff about coming back just in case no. I'm terrible at this? <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> uh, no, you're okay.
0: You know what? We, we, we uh, The people who listen to this podcast know, like like when I had my 15 to 20 seconds of silence that one week, you know, they expect a certain level of mediocrity that I provide. All right. Excellent. No one's expecting
1: this to be very high <laughs> high level, so don't worry about it. Not very high, bro. So I really wanted to be on this because, uh, and, and was bugging you because you're uh, picking uh, Dino crisis one as game of the, of the week and, <laughs> yes. and me just being outraged. Cause like Dino crisis two is so much better. And yeah, it's like, I, I actually do agree do, with that. We, do we, we have to that. wait like, like eight months before you can be like, all right, we're doing two again. Well, you know, I should have probably, t- did I not talk about Dino crisis two on the next episode? Uh, I, you mentioned, Maybe. like, what I brought up as far as, like, I think you said Dyna Crisis 3 at the end of that podcast. Right. And so like, What well, you, you claim I yeah, said, yes. Yeah, you, okay. you made a correction during, <laughs> your, uh, during your Game of the Year, like, ret- or, r- retrospective thing. Yes. Um, but I don't remember hearing you talk about Dino Crisis 2, except when we were talking about it at the store the other day. Right. If If I had to choose... Between those two games, Dino Crisis 2, I believe, definitely was the
0: better game. Yeah. I, it, I, it, it separated it from the Resident Evil. We talked about this the other day. But, yeah, yeah. definitely separated it from the Resident Evil formula. It was its own game. Uh, I never got as far as you did. You started talking about the craziness that is the ending and all that stuff. So
1: Yeah, I love that game. I, I still wish they would make an actual true sequel. That's why, like, when they were talking about the rumor of making remaking Dino Crisis, so it's like, please just do two like Mm. two is so much better i'm I'm all on board with capcom's remakes anyway yeah i I just think it's it's great although i hated the uh the addition of uh mr x following you because like my least favorite part of resident evil 3 was was nemesis Nemesis, following you and so i was like oh yes resident evil 2 i loved that game and like actually me and me and mark as kids played the crap out of that nice uh and like we beat it in like two and a half hours at his house one time and uh so i was super excited to relive that experience with better graphics and then it's like oh no they took that thing i hated from three it, and put it in my favorite game
0: yeah they, i i was actually displaced by that quite a bit i i didn't like how and i didn't like how he was permanently chasing you like it, it's different if, if there's a part of the game where he chases you right but then there was like this permanent i'm just always gonna be there patrolling the house and all of a sudden like there to surprise you, which is what nemesis did. Yep. But not what you were expecting Mr. X to do. So I, I am actually am totally with you on that. And I think it was one of the only misses in the B games. It wasn't as bad. Surprisingly, I, I thought it would have been worse, but it, it wasn't as bad. Yep. But that first time playing as Leon and Mr. X kept pissing me off. I'm like, you know, I want to slowly look around. I don't want to yeah. be like, like stressed the whole time. It's not even like he's hard to dodge. It's just a fuck, you know, it's just darn annoying, you
1: know? And, so, I ended up. Uh, yeah. I paid five bucks to just get the cheats, so that way, anytime he showed up, I would just un- unload like seven rockets into his face. Nice. So that was like that's my favorite thing that Capcom did. Is like, oh, here, pay five bucks and just unlock all the unlimited weapons right away. It's like, all right, yeah, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah, well, we're
0: not stressing about it. <laughs> it's just to blow his face up um so like i was saying earlier we've been friends for a long time we've been talking games for a long time you also are an ex gamestopper yes uh how long did you work there and from what year to what year
1: uh i worked at gamestop for a little over 10 years i started in 2008 and i left gamestop in june of 2019 uh and i actually like i used to go into greg's gamestop all the time and probably bug the living crap out of him and be super annoying no
0: because Uh, you pre-ordered everything you're like our favorite customer you came in you pre-ordered every freaking game that was coming out true was great (laughs) when when you came in i was like hey what 20 things you need to reserve stage i need to boost my numbers so no it was great don't (laughs) ever feel bad about that
1: that was great when i first got hired at gamestop actually my uh my first manager james uh he had his assistant manager interview me And they hired me, but then after, like, six months later, I found out James never liked me, and they, like, begrudgingly (laughs) hired me just because they needed holiday help. Uh, And he's like, I'm glad it turned out well. And I'm like, I'm glad you hired me. And you guys are friends now,
0: right? Yeah. Like, just initially, that's what you said? Like, he didn't like you initially, but then you... Yeah, which
1: is funny because the way that I would the way that I was always a customer was like if I liked a particular employee, I only went to them. So like mm-hmm. there could be guy over, guy A over here and he could have nobody in line and Greg could be over here and have like seven people <laughs> deep and I'd be like I will wait for Greg. I like Greg. And it was the same thing with James. I would always wait for James, and he apparently thought I was annoying, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. So
0: what, what Jordan would call that is you're 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 in the cult of Greg. Now, yes. I don't think this is a real thing, but Jordan claims that everybody who likes – because Jordan and I were in very similar circles for a really long time, and but we never crossed paths ever. Well, we have so many mutual friends. But we never crossed paths. But he would always hear people be like, oh, Greg, this Greg, that, and so Jordan would get so irritated. Like, was everybody who he would talk to would be like, "Oh yeah, do you know Greg from Game Trader? And they would talk about me in a very positive light, and it just made Jordan like, <laughs> "Why does everyone talk so highly of this guy?" Not, not like he, I mean, he wasn't like jealous or anything. It was just it was funny because we, you know, very similar circles. And I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that a lot of people like me. Like, I try to be a nice person, and yeah. I, I'm not going to apologize for that. But it was always funny listening to – so every time Jordan would talk to one of his friends who I had dealt with, then they would be like, oh, I know Greg. Yeah, Greg's great. Greg's awesome. He should, and
1: so it makes, it makes me laugh. So he wanted to start a podcast with you because he wanted to drag so you th- down to his level? That was,
0: that was all <laughs> after the fact. He, he didn't know what he was getting into when they invited me on the, on their on the have at you podcast initially, which then evolved into the drop rate YouTube channel and everything. Um, so like I was saying earlier and, and, oh, and also we are still going to do our game of the week and we're still going to do our pickup pile of the week, Uh game of the week. I don't see. So this is a little bit. What's funny is normally I do this in my office and I pull a PS one game off the shelf and I talk about it. Well, we're in the drop rate office on a Monday night, so I don't have my games in front of me. So I'm not sure what game I'm going to talk about. I brought a PlayStation One game. You brought a PlayStation. Well, then that'll be our game of the week. Um, do you have it with you? Like in I do. Uh, it's
1: I got. A I'm excited. No, so, so John's going to be picking the game of the week this week. I have to do a little prep work, pre-prep work. Now, personally, I think you should do a mod- more modern game as well as your PlayStation game of the week because it's, it's. I like how you call it PlayStation <laughs> game of the week. It is our game of the week. We're just on a PlayStation theme. Yes, so. but at this point. You won't get to, like, PS2 until, like, 2030. That's the point. (laughs) I'll never run out of games. Because there's there's how many PlayStation 1 games? Like, 1,500? Yes. And, well, I only do the ones in my personal collection, but I am up to about... 2 or 300 I think okay. for PS1. At one point you'll get to the like the the dregs of it with with like RPG games. Yeah, well I did skip <laughs> as you know I skipped Dino Crisis too, you know. Yes. I mean so I don't pick every game like that's probably
0: why I didn't do 2 is because I had just done 1 and I didn't want to be like such a hack that I just pulled the next game off the shelf. Like I do try to you know actually pick out games that i do want to talk about but
1: all right for the record the game i brought is terrible
0: excellent (laughs) then we will then we have a terrible game of the week that you shouldn't play so we'll get to that we each i have my pickup pile of the week i took a picture of it because i don't have them here but i took a picture of what i was going to talk about so you have a pickup pile too then so i brought mine too you brought some so we're going to talk about that so we're going to try to keep that as a feature because i i I love that i think it's just fun so it's like
1: adult show and tell yeah yeah I, show me yours, I'm I'll show excited. you mine. Yeah.
0: Did that a lot on the playground, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: you see? No, I'm very um, secretive of my
0: penis. Mm, like to keep it's that low key. Weird. I got you. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and, and we all appreciate that. Uh, so we have two stories we're going to talk about today. Uh, the first one is an article that Kotaku picked up yesterday about a Korean TV show that featured a woman who, a family who had lost their daughter... And they recreate the daughter in a virtual reality environment. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about, uh, you all know how I feel about the console wars. We've talked about how stupid they are. Um, And some recent comments from Phil Spencer, who is probably the only person at Microsoft I really have any respect for, talking about how they're not really competing with Sony and Nintendo anymore. They're competing with Google and Amazon. So we're going to talk about those two things. And then, uh, yeah, and that's just be business as usual. So, it, like I said, it's going to be a little bit different this week because obviously John's here. And this is something I might make a regular thing because I always wanted this to be more of a debate show. Because as much as I have my point of view and I like to share my point of view with everyone, I certainly don't know everything. And sometimes my eyes can be open to other things too. So, sometimes in a conversation, we might, you know, you might have a point of something that I didn't even think of. And I love a good conversation. So, with that being said, we're going to get this show on the road and we're going to get started uh, right away. All right, so like I said, first up on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about a Korean television show. Okay, so let me, let me get down to it here. A Korean television show that, for some reason, the browser just closed and I lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, a Korean TV show. It was, sorry, it was a Korean TV special called Meeting You. And it aired, which focused on a family's loss of their seven-year-old daughter. And in an unsettling finale, the program attempted to reunite the girl with her mother using a virtual reality recreation, complete with audio. In fact, there is a video here which we're not going to show. We're going to talk about it. Um, However, so I thought about this and I thought, oh, I could go into how it's interesting that there's VR and how we feel. And I think we're still going to do that. But John has a family, he has a daughter. How old is Lyra uh, going
1: to be four in March
0: four. Um, I don't have children. I've I've chosen not to have children, uh, my wife and I, but I can relate to this in, in a different way, which I'm going to go into there later. However, uh, it was excellent topic to talk about with you here, John, because you are in almost a very similar situation. Uh, now, let's say and this is something difficult to, to think about, I think. But let's say that you were to lose your loved one. Would you, would it be a positive or negative experience for you to go into VR and try to recreate another moment with that person you lost?
1: Uh, no. Um, I, I think, like, when I saw the video, my initial thought was, like, I find it kind of creepy. Because you're not experiencing an actual genuine interaction with it at all it's all kind of pre-canned and so like my initial thought was like is it just gonna like be a 3d model of your kid and it says i love you and does like a couple couple very like boring things like it it was just a weird idea um and and when you when you told me what topic uh, before I watched the video or read the article, uh, my brain, I'm, I have a dark sense of humor. So <laughs> I immediately started thinking of dead kid game jam uh, and, and brain, brainstorming ideas of, like, VR games with your child. Um, so we will talk about those later. Right. Um, <laughs> but obviously it sparked something in you. Like, yeah. it,
0: it, it it got your wheels turning. So initially you felt like, no, its it's just... Like, did you feel it was cheesy, or did you feel it was disrespectful, or did you feel it was... Like, what was your initial... Like, the reason you thought it was creepy?
1: I, well, I do wish that the uh, video had subtitle English subtitles. It has Korean subtitles, but I'm, I'm right. not Korean. And,
0: and we'll do our best to describe it, but basically the video, the first probably two or three minutes is just the mom, like, standing right next to the VR child in the 3D area. And it's really... Like, the mom's super sad. Like, I don't think this is fake at all. I think it was... You know, really a setup. I don't know if she knew she was going in there to try that or how they pitched it to her. Um, but it is—it's heartbreaking. You know, the the person is very sad for their daughter, and I don't know if they talk about how long it had been since the passing. But yeah, so so you initially thought it was creepy. Yeah. Uh, again, like uh, in a cheesy way or in a disrespectful way. Like, what what was causing you to, to feel like it was uh, a negative a negative?
1: I don't know. It just... It's not a genuine interaction. And thats that was the main thing I had. Um, I also, I found it weird that they the video, like, they could have made a 3D model of the mom. Uh, because in the video, you just see her with the with the vibe on the entire time. Right, like interacting. Green,
0: yeah, they've green screened it and had the perspective set up in such a way that we could see the real mom interacting with the virtual child. And every now and then it switches to the first person view that the mom's seeing. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, we were seeing a very kind of weird, like almost like if you were streaming it live, how, when you're playing like Beat Saber or something, like you see yourself in the same perspective that you would be hitting the... The, the blocks and everything.
1: It looked like Raiden from Metal Gear Solid was interacting with a little child.
0: Yeah, because the headgear and yeah. everything.
1: Yeah, it would definitely seemed weird. So
0: so you felt it was like
1: it was disingenuous.
0: Yeah. Like like so, do you think then it would be better if it was more interactive? Like let's say for instance, they had all these voice recordings from the kids, maybe had a YouTube channel or something, right? Just for argument's sake had a bunch of phrases and, and words and could edit and phrase those words and use it almost like an Alexa type situation where it could generate something like you could say something to her and then it could, it could search for a few seconds depending spending depending on the speed of your internet and then kick out a, a sentence to reply to you. Does uh, that like make it better for you or worse? Or I don't you? know.
1: I mean like at, at that like with your if your kid is gone it's the moments that that you don't expect that generate the most emotion like my daughter will like randomly dance really weird and she'll like just go like this randomly to songs <laughs> sure and like those are the moments that that are really special and like i feel like this wouldn't really capture that feeling, so it would feel very robotic and strange. Okay. Um, And, like, I wonder, like, so apparently the kid, they found out had leukemia, and then the the kid passed away very shortly after that, and it's like, so did they record all of this dialogue for this kid, like, prior to the kid passing away, or did they hire an actor to do, like, a voice facsimile of the kid? Mm So... I don't know. I like, I don't know how I would feel being put in that situation being on, on TV.
0: Well, and that, that adds another layer to it for sure. Um, obviously there's, there's an emotional time there. I'm sure there, I feel like they probably hammed it up a little bit. You're with your family, you know, and there's people, there's like probably like counselors and things that are like walking you kind of through the process. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I, I could, I could totally see that being an extra layer. So Forget all that stuff. Let's say, for instance, you lose somebody. You set up a VR room, like some some company as part of the funeral arrangements, sets up this VR room and they give it to you. You have a copy of it, just for yourself. Anytime you want, you can load up this this game, essentially this VR software, and interact with that person. Um, I, I I go as far as to say I don't think it's very realistic the stuff with like the Alexa voice and all that. I don't think that's very realistic um i would say it's think of it more as like a a, f- a first person photograph yeah where there's essentially like maybe the person that you lost is moving around and you can you know like and they're talking in their voice not necessarily to you like responding to you because you're not really there but you could watch them kind of interact that that's that's the level i feel like this was you know like it wasn't yeah. like if you said hi and then they would say hi back. You say, I love you. And they say, I love you back. Like, none of that. It's pretty much just you're watching a home movie, like, as a ghost in first-person perspective. Do you – does that change your thoughts on it at all, being more, like – think of me as, like, a, a, a VHS tape or, a, a, like, a home movie that you watch over and over again just instead of watching it on the TV,
1: you're inside the home movie. I don't know. I, like, my immediate thought was, like – how could you turn this into a game, and so like i i started like i was just thinking about like like almost like a collection of mini games where like you are you're taking care of your kid and like and then like those moments that I was talking about where you you'll see like your kid do like something silly, that'd be like the reward for like struggling to like hmm to To get your kid out out the the door in the morning, do you think you you automatically associate VR as a
0: game? Like, do you think it's do you, do you think that you don't necessarily you view VR as a non-game like interaction? Like, the only way really to 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 view VR is in the game scenario, as opposed to like say using VR for medical training or VR for army training. Like like you seem to see VR as just a like
1: a game situation.
0: Yeah, but obviously, I'm which which it's mostly obsessive. what it's used for. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm like when I when I throw a VR headset on, which is not very often, uh, actually, because I have a four year old. Um, I'm generally playing a game. I have watched like the PlayStation has a couple of those uh, like little movie segments, like where there was a one of a rabbit, like uh, mm-hmm. and an alien invasion. Like I watched that, and that was interesting, um, but. As far as, like, this particular application, like, I just, it was just bizarre to me. Hmm. So
0: I would say, and I, and all, full disclosure, we actually talked about this on the Dropcast, too, because I wanted to pose this to Jeremy, who has a family, and Jordan, unfortunately, couldn't make it to that podcast, because he's, he's recently had some loss uh, with his parents, and then he has two uh, kids as well, so I think, and he's a big VR guy, like, he really is into VR. Um, but I can tell you from my experience that if, especially unexpectedly, if, if I lost someone unexpectedly, I would absolutely go into it. And I have a feeling that I would probably emotionally be stunted for a long time and probably cling to it for a very long time. Like just me personally, you know, like, and it's different. I I made the, 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 uh, connection when i was talking about my mom earlier so my, my grandmother passed away a few years ago and she had been my mother had been her caretaker for almost five to seven years somewhere in there like every day going over and making sure she was fed and taking care of her everything while she lived in her own house so would my mom want to go into vr and see my grandmother one more time probably not because she spent all the time with her till the end um would i though Go into a VR and like, if it was real enough, could I? If I could go into a VR and like see my grandma walking around and interacting with things, I probably would. I probably would. And and if I think of it as as an idea where it's like a home movie or a a photograph, it's just a different way of experiencing that memory. I think that'd be different. Um, it's also different too if it's like a CG because you're running into issues with like the whole uncanny valley thing. Like yeah. C, CG character models always irk you because you can tell they're not real. You know, that's what the uncanny valley is that there's just like your brain can detect that like something's off about that thing. And, uh, which is why the really good stuff like Detroit become human. They've just started using real actors because real actors don't set that stuff, even though it still kind of sets it off because it can't get the things like the eyes perfect and all that sort of stuff. Like our brains are, can detect the fraud of it. Um, but if it was close enough or, or something like, you know my grandma m- making something you know or or like um someone in the chat earlier in the in the dropcast podcast live on twitch had mentioned that uh you know if he could like sit in a room and watch a movie and his grandma would be in the room watching it with him. you know even if he didn't interact or something and so and what's tough about that is is it, it brings up a lot of question of like is that helping or hurting you Like short term it makes you feel better, but long term is it preventing you from moving on and getting the closure you need to you know, like like psychologically is it healthy? And I can't answer those questions. I I would assume not. I would assume like if there was a psychiatrist listening to this or a therapist, they would just say something like, You're crazy. You know, you you gotta move on. Well, they wouldn't say you're crazy, but they'd say you have to move on. And uh, so but I I could say like from myself, I, I just I could I would absolutely do it at least once um to experience that memory and maybe just keep it like watching you know i guess i don't see what would be any different from that as watching video of my wedding after yeah. she maybe was gone and so then i would watch a video of the wedding watch the memories of me and her together now it would be weird i think and that's a whole other conversation if they interact back with you because then you've got this whole sort of like what's the, there's a moral dilemma there like what is Like, like, is this real, it's obviously not a real person. It's AI it's recreating a personality. Is it accurate? Like you said, there's all these special little things that your loved ones do that nobody would know about except for you. So unless they're somehow able to take your perspective of that person and generate AI out of that, like, it's not, you know, it's not going to be real. You'll never, you'll never be satisfied with the level of it, you know, but I don't know. It was just that, that was, it was such an interesting conversation. I thought I read that article and at first my heart broke For that lady thinking like, you know, but then when you really start to think about it and us as humans were so flawed emotionally that that sort of thing, everyone's going to react to differently. Uh, In fact, in the in the drop rate chat, we had somebody who actually asked us our opinion on something. And apparently there's a software program out there that you can upload recordings of people. And it will essentially cut and chop the words and allow you to recreate sentences and words that were spoken by that person. And so this person in our chat actually wanted to surprise his mom with, like, a message from his great-grandmother to her. Okay. And so he asked us, like, well, what do you guys think of that? And I thought, I don't think that's something you'd want to surprise somebody with. Yeah. You know, like, that's something you'd want to ask and say, hey, there's this really neat thing you can kind of hear them talk again. Would you be interested in that? You know, because emotionally you never know. I mean, if I lost my wife and then Jeremy of all, you know, was thinking I'm going to do this incredible thing for Greg. I'm going to, I'm going to bring back his wife's voice so he can hear it one more time. I might lose it. Like, I I mean, he, he might bring that up and I might just see red and flap the handle and like punch him until he's not, breathing anymore i don't know because it, it, you wouldn't know until that moment and it's obviously very emotional situations you don't know how you're going to react
1: but is that like the same technology they use for like the deep fake videos
0: i'm not sure but i really want to find out now like i really want to look more into that you want to um, screw with some of your friends no i wouldn't <laughs> i i i think that's a that's a high level of manipulation that's yeah. really mean i would feel so bad i would never do that to someone i mean unless it was like funny like if i was you and then pretend to call Dave as you? Like if it was all people we all knew, maybe something like that. But if I'm in the same room as uh, Dave and then suddenly, yeah, yeah, that, that would be, yeah, funny, that, you know, <laughs> like I call and use your voice and he's like, John's right here. You know that that might be funny. Um, but yeah, I guess that that was kind of the question I wanted to pose. So you don't, do you feel now after I I, I kind of explained a different scenario where it's like a photograph, or whatever, and do do how do you feel about Like, do you think it's healthy and would, would you, so I know you kind of already said you, you thought it was weird and creepy and I guess your answer really doesn't have to change. I know I've already asked you that, but like, now do you think, like, do you think it's healthy, and how, and how do you think it would help move on? I, I know you've suffered loss and grief in your life too. And so obviously we all deal with it differently,
1: but you know, I don't know, I guess that's, well, um, uh, I mean, my question, like, as far as the how many, uh, uh, if it's healthy, was how long ago did this woman's daughter die? Like, how quickly, and and how quickly did they that's make a good this question. whole thing? Yeah, that's a um, good question. Which it probably was, I would say, probably six months plus on, uh, since they obviously have to make this, like, almost quasi-game out of... Out of that daughter's experience um but i i think that like springing it on her on a tv show is definitely in poor taste especially if it was like
0: a surprise you know I, again just like the person in chat i would say i would this is not a surprise scenario to me like this yeah. isn't a like this is something you discuss and a therapist discuss and says are you ready for this can you handle this because yeah if it's been 10 years it's it could be more like oh that's kind of sweet you know if yeah. it's been 10 months, it might rip open the wound that you just spent 10 months sewing shut, you know, emotionally.
1: And I could see, like, if it was almost, like, let's say you had a different perspective on, like, a memory that you had. Like, that's, that to me is different than, like, interacting with this fake version of your kid. Like, yeah. like if you're watching, like, a home movie where, like, like, let's say technology-wise and in year years on, like there's like three D, a three D ability to like sure. move somewhere else in a perspective. That would be that'd be more interesting than interacting with this fake version of my kid.
0: Yeah, well, and and this is like the best example I can give. But there's like when you're in the Oculus store, there's like th- th- there's th- there's VR movies you can watch, like you were talking about, like yeah. like a real movie. Someone wears like a three sixty camera. And they go through a thing, and so when you're you're still experiencing the movie linear linear, you know, point A to point B, but you can look around as the adventure's happening. That's okay. how I would kind of view this. You're right, like the video with the mother and the daughter, that that was very different. That was like a that was like a video game setting. Yeah. And it was recreated in three D. It wasn't like they took a video or like like for instance, like say we started recording three sixty video now. And then, you know, say you pass away, John. And all of a sudden I'm like, I could go into VR and like relive this exact conversation from my perspective. Like I'm sitting here and, you know, I can listen to myself saying what I'm saying now. And then you're here reacting to it as you are, though, as opposed to being like a 3D character model. Like it's it's literally video of you, yeah. you know, and that that's that'd be a little bit different, too. That's not what they did in the Korean show. They did really recreate it like in a 3D, like a video game world, I guess is the best way to say it. But um, yeah, I would totally do it. I would totally dive into that and I would, I would use it probably on un, emotionally unhealthy way. Well,
1: I think I would do it. It's just, there are certain things about it that I think they should have gone done differently.
0: Yeah. I, I could agree with that. I think that's more than fair to say too, is that like, if I was going to do that experience, it wouldn't be like that where like, there's a 3d model of my wife walking around a room and then I'm following her around, like trying to interact with her or, or, like pushing a button on something. And then when you activate that button, then the character model goes over there and says something like that's like that. That's like a video game. Like that's, that's, that's weird. That's like a simulated world as opposed to, you know, but so I guess there are different, there are different types of VR for that. There's the VR video and then there's VR, like a VR world you can fully explore on your own. But um, yeah, it's, it's really weird for me too, because uh, so we I went to a wedding, uh, la- I believe it was last summer. Uh, a friend of my wife, and she had been previously married to a- another friend of my wife, and those two people were married happily, and the the husband had passed away, and this was the wedding of the wife to another person. Okay, and even that that wife, the person who was getting married there husband that had passed even his family was there because she was a part you know they were a part of she was a part of their family and then when she got remarried they were there for her again because they were very loving compassionate family and and i really struggled with that like i really struggled with like to me there is no other and uh and i, I mean i say that like in a in a in a positive way but it's also probably not very healthy but to me there is no one else for me and so there will be a time like that's why I think for me it would be healthy because I would never, I wouldn't want to move on, I guess. And I can know I can say that now as a quasi emotionally stable person who doesn't have to deal with that situation. But i I think that's a, I think that's a legitimate thing, you know. Like I would just, yeah, I I would unhealthily sit on it forever, you know, and not move on.
1: I I mean. My my dad passed away when I was eight, and my mom went through a really hard time, but then she eventually found somebody, and mm-hmm. actually, a lot of my personality is derived from my stepfather. Okay. Um, so, my nerdy, a lot of my nerdiness is straight from my stepdad. Sure. Uh, as far as comic books and a little bit of video games and stuff. Sorry.
0: That's okay. You'll, you'll <laughs> learn the
1: microphone thing. It comes with time.
0: So then, and you let me know if this is out of bounds, and you don't have to answer if you don't Nothing want to. Nothing is. Um, if you could go into a VR chat then and see your father again, you know, was that is is that something that would ever appeal to you? I uh, it let's, would be let's, weird. Let's stick to the video setting. Like, let's yeah. say it was like a home movie, and I know it was a while ago, so this technology obviously wasn't around. But let's say yeah. it was like a home movie. You could you could sit in the home movie and watch it in a
1: first person perspective as he interacted maybe with your mom or something. I think I, that I I would watch and like because because uh it's fascinating meeting people that knew my dad in a different way than i did um like i uh i met up with my grandfather after like not seeing him for almost 20 years and had a conversation with him and 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 had an adult to adult conversation because like obviously when i was like eight they treated me with kid gloves And so it was interesting to hear my grandfather talk about my dad uh, because he actually worked as well as having him or having him as a son. He worked with my dad for like 20 years Mm -hmm. in the same place. So it was interesting to hear him talk about what my dad was like in a way that I never saw. So, like, I find that to be interesting, Um, seeing seeing a loved one from a different perspective and seeing their personality in a way that you may not have been accustomed to yourself. Well, and one thing to think about maybe too is what if...
0: You know, you want to share with your daughter what your dad was like, you know, and, yeah. and like, and like she'd never know, but you could share that, you know, just, just thoughts. And, and I know this is all this conversation is like an episode of Black Mirror, you know, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just an interesting conversation side. So now that we've gone through the, the emotionally stable, normal stuff, I know you've been itching the whole time. <laughs> so a little backstory for everybody listening to the podcast. So John has a very, dark sense of humor. That's a nice way of saying it. Sometimes inappropriate, always (laughs) hilarious, usually inappropriate. Um, So when we started talking about this subject, you know, he was bringing up things like, Hey, I want to talk about this. I'm like, you know what though? It's kind of a serious conversation. Let's do the serious conversation first. And then he's like, when I, can I please talk about (laughs) this? And I was like, okay, yes. So now that we're done with the serious stuff, John wanted to talk about his first reaction, which was, what kind of game could you make with this idea? And I have no idea what you're going to say. It's probably going to make me cringe, <laughs> but I'll just be over here being quiet. So what, what made you, so your first reaction, like you said, when you talked about VR, your first reaction was how could I make this a game? Yeah. Okay. Please elaborate on this. So that I can help <laughs> me understand. I'm struggling.
1: So, so like 90% of having a kid is, especially a young kid is just fighting with them to get crap done, like to get from point A to point B in a in a like, decent get your, semblance get your of boots time, on or something. Yeah, before put you go your outside. clothes on for the love of God! <laughs> I need to go to work. We need to get you to school. Uh, so, like, I started thinking of like the um, a, a virtual representation of your kid, and as like a mini game collection. So, and and so my idea was you're never like there's no world outside of what you're doing with your kid in this game. So like like you don't go to work. You are you wake up, you got to get the kid up, you got to get up, get him to school and then and, and you got to get him to school in a decent amount of time so you can get to work. But right. then the next but then the game skips to the next time you see your kid. Mm-hmm. So you can get fired <laughs> from your job if you don't go on time. Um so you have to you have to do the stuff in the morning uh quick enough, so like mm. um I was thinking of almost like a uh, babysitting a mama or uh cooking mama style mini games sure like prepare the kid food um uh, which of uh, and you could start the game by like saying what your kid likes, so uh my kid likes two things uh she likes. Mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, okay. uh, which I think is like every kid. Uh, I don't know. So like, and, and adult. Like, yeah, <laughs> most prog- adults. <laughs> like program that in, and so then you you have like a mini game where you try to cook your kid food because your kid's complaining about being hungry, and then after you're done making the food, they won't eat it. Uh. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? So we had
0: to switch <coughs> our cats to a wet food diet because one of our cats was having kidney problems. Okay. And that's what cats do. Like like I I I. I Put all the food on the plate, and if you leave it in a clump, they don't like that. So you got to smear it all out into this nice (laughs) smear. Then you put it down in front of them, and they smell it, and then they walk away. Then I have to take the plate and put it underneath them. Then they smell it. Then they'll eat it. But then they're done when it's only half done. I have to spin the plate around it. It's like, this is the shit I'm dealing with. Excuse my language. This is the stuff I'm dealing with as a cat owner, but you're saying it's worse with a little human. Ha!
1: He swore first, by the way. I he was did. worried about my language.
0: See, it's this, it's <laughs> this office. It's this office. Like <coughs> when I, when I'm here, I'm in drop rate mode, which is okay. Greggy after dark, <laughs> uh, where I where I just go off the rails to say anything I want. And when I'm at home in my office, that's when I'm in like store customer service mode. But okay. anyway,
1: yes. So I did it first. So so, so the uh, I, I had a lot of ideas on this. Um, so I was thinking they could add Facebook integration and they could like pull pictures of your kid from, from Facebook. Um, and like, and to, to prevent it from being, you being a creep. So like, let's say you, you were like, I'm going to raise Lyra. No, you have to have like 50 pictures of you with the kid. It like without duct tape. That that was,
0: that was a weird, Uh. uh, that was a weird, uh, point though, that Jeremy brought up where once you start doing that sort of virtual world, with people and you have got say the AI learning or whatever, what stops someone from getting a hold of that and then manipulating that? Is that illegal? Is that like like is that software or is it you know is, it's a, it's a whole thing? But uh, you
1: obviously, as a joke you were mentioning it, but right.
0: it's, I could see that though people would do that.
1: You know that's what people do. And then, like, there could be two options. You could have, like, realistic mode, and then you could have, like, NBA 2K16 mode, where, like, they take all their, their photos, and then it just makes a really messed up face. Right, yes. Um,
0: <laughs> they were doing that in Rainbow <laughs> Six Vegas, too, back in the day.
1: Uh, they were generally better than the 2K yeah. images, though. The yeah. 2K images, considering it was 2K16, looked like horror shows. They literally actually released them as uh, on their website as Halloween masks.
0: That was the that was the 360 <clears throat> camera before the Kinect came out. Yeah. it was
1: like that, just terrible camera, and that's the one you had to use to do it. So, so like in in this virtual mini game, I'm still on this. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could be like driving your kid to to school or to the doctor's office because they got like a Lego shoved up their nose or something, and like so you're driving down the road, and really cool crap could be happening, like off on a side street, like like an awesome looking game, and you can't drive over there because you have to get your kid to the doctor's mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like drinking could be a mini game, or could be like a like a power up. Like they could grade you after like a certain segment, sure. And like grade you kind of harshly, and like drinking would like just help you get to the next mini game. Mm. <laughs> but if you drink too much, yes, it then impairs theres you. Okay, I got. Then there's, you. I'm then totally there's this. repercussions. Then child protective oh, services get might game, take your VR kid away. <laughs> let's get this game made. That's a that's a
0: stop drilling. You've hit oil, John. We are <laughs> ready to make a mill. Huh. see that wasn't as bad as i thought it could have been It wasn't so bad that was pretty good um did was that all you had i don't want to cut you off early is that, that your uh, is that your think... deceased child in vr mini game you good
1: <laughs> uh yeah that's about it all right all right cool
0: all right well i thought that i thought that was pretty good just something to think about You know, as technology increases and these deep fakes and all that stuff, it's just interesting something to think about. So next up on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about the console wars again because I swear to God I can't get away from this subject no matter how hard I try. And the more I complain about it, the more Twitter decides to share with me the glory of all the people fighting this stupid war that's not real. Uh, And then every now and then Someone shows up. This can't be this guy's real picture, right? Look at this. <laughs> Look at the picture. Of this idiot. So bike this is a. <laughs> this guy's like 500 years old. Um, th- it's got to be a fake picture. It probably is. Um, so I come across this article on Forbes. Kevin Murnane, consumer tech. He's a contributor to Forbes. Looks like he's 65 with a white beard. There's ads because, you know, Forbes is Forbes. And how do you close this? You can't close it? Okay, cool. So, anyway, Kevin, you look kind of old, not a
1: touch. No big deal. I like that he uses a World War I yep. uh, canon we, as, to describe the console wars. Yeah, so the headline is There is no console war
0: because Xbox moved on and left PlayStation behind. So, first of all, this is one of the most clickbaity titles I've ever read. This is in fact inciting fanboys to come out of the woodwork and uh, insult it. I hate it. Uh, I hate I hate the whole console thing. I hate the fanboys thing. and I, when I say fanboys, I don't mean fans of consoles. I just mean people who are basically saying that like my piece of plastic's better than yours. like Xbox is king because of this and you can't change my mind. It's like, okay, if you like it, cool, I'm not telling you not to like it. I'm just telling you what I like and that's okay too. So anyway, the article goes on to say, Xbox versus PlayStation, the console wars. Fanboys, industry analysts, and game journalists like me love them. I just got to stop it right there. Nobody, like, he's, this article's already shot because the person writing it says they love the console wars. So they love the idea of, of poking the beast and stoking the flames. That's what this article's trying to do. But there is some good information here. So like always, old Greggy here's got to dig through all the garbage to get to the good stuff. But there's a the reason this all kind of started was because there was an interesting quote from Phil Spencer, <coughs> and Phil Spencer is the head of the Xbox division. I'm what do they call it Xbox Gaming Division or Microsoft's Gaming Division, whatever they call it. He's in charge of it, so every, all things Xbox, yeah, is Phil Spencer. So here's the quote. The I'll I'll do the exact quote. Quote: When you talk about Nintendo, oh, <laughs> okay. Apparently Siri just started uh, responding to me. Um, I okay. You didn't say anything. That was I didn't even say close anything to that. That. Yeah. Okay. And then I said the S word, and she didn't even start recording. Yeah, I was again. trying to not say it. Yeah. Um. Here we go. Phil Spencer. Quote: When you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them, but we see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward. That's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud over the years. I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with those guys while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world. Ultimately, that's the goal." So the first thing I say when I see this, John, is I see that there's none of this is wrong. Like it's, it's it, Microsoft has been very forward thinking. In fact, they started forward thinking very quickly after the release of the Xbox one, because they were struggling to keep up. They thought, you know what, instead of trying to catch up to an old way of doing things, let's just fo- put full focus on the new way of doing things. For some people that's cloud gaming is the future. Ultimately. I think one day we, we know the all digital future is coming. Yeah. Like we know that we know that there's not going to be discs anymore and that eventually, games are getting bigger and bigger, and we're gonna have to keep paying more and more money for storage. So it has to be a different solution. That solution being streaming. Google Stadia is currently out. Um, Project X Cloud is in early like beta testing, or is out there
1: in beta test form. A lot of people have been playing it, saying it performs really well. Can you buy Google Stadia in a physical store anywhere or do you have to order it from there? I don't website? know. That's a great question. Cuz I haven't seen any representation in a store. Yeah, I any.
0: have not. And and the only way you can get Stadia right now is to buy their Founders Edition or whatever. There is the free one that's coming where you buy the games a la carte and then Yeah. But that's not Available yet? That's like when it goes full retail, which I don't know what they're waiting for because the hype and everything is completely dead on Stadia right now. So I don't know like why they think in a few months they'll launch a free version and think that that's going to somehow revitalize interest.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't
0: feel that bizarre. way. Like I don't see that. Um, but anyway, that's the first thing I read. I read all this stuff and I say this isn't this isn't wrong. the The issue I have with what Phil Spencer's saying is that this is under the assumption that the other two companies are only operating the old way. So, for instance, he, give, he, he <coughs> like the beginning of this article, um, Kevin uh, is talking about competition in the game industry isn't about who sells the most consoles. It's about who makes the most money. Well, yes, like, duh, that's the duh statement of the year. And so, yes, while fanboys are arguing that Sony has sold 108 million PS4s, The Microsoft is somewhere around the 50 million range, I think. Like, they don't share numbers anymore, but based off of the last time they did, plus what they've been reporting, it's estimated around the 50 50 to 60 million units. So, about half of the PlayStation 4, they're arguably saying that that doesn't matter because you make money off of services. And Microsoft has the Game Pass service. They have their Xbox Live services and all of that. But what's weird about this is, like I said, this this is arguing that Sony is only focused on selling consoles, which isn't necessarily true. Um, one thing we've seen is Sony starting to bring their PlayStation exclusives to PC, which is, which is basically them admitting that the PC market and just selling software is a good way to make extra money.
1: I don't think that would have happened without uh, Death Stranding, though, because Death Stranding was built on the Decima engine, and they wanted it on PC, so they ported it. A- they ported the Decima engine to PC. Okay. And then that, the yeah, Decima engine is built using, or they built uh, Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn. using that yep. engine. So they probably went, all right, we've already made this work on PC. Why don't we get some more sales out of a two-year-old, three-year-old Sure. Game? Like it was
0: probably easier to, well, it was probably easier. Yeah. Like once it's been done, it's easier. Like, you know,
1: yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The Decima engine,
0: I have a feeling is going to become much more common in Sony titles yeah. as they license it out and everything. Um, so, I guess then in I'll, I'll now that I've kind of set up the story and we want to get to the discussion the discussion side of it what uh you know John I'll, I'll toss it to you what you know what are your thoughts on Microsoft's strategy going forward and and are they looking too far ahead and forgetting about the now are they so focused on tomorrow that they forget about today i
1: this article in general just seems like it's more and and Phil Spencer's comments seem like they're more geared toward investors and like the jargon that seems to be like what investors mm-hmm. care about because i don't think when you ask most gamers about like cloud gaming they're not going to have much to say about it and like i find it weird that he think that he's talking about um Amazon and uh Google being their main competitors cuz I don't see them as making content game-wise.
0: Right. Like Amazon has bought a few st- like the in- Amazon has internal studios and and Google obviously has put a lot of money into getting games on their platform, yeah. but I agree like it it almost sounds like what he's the argument they're making is that they're into their cloud storage devices yeah so it's really a fight between microsoft google and amazon for who's going to have the best cloud storage solution the best cloud solution yeah so but why is the head of xbox talking about that
1: right well in like as like, as an xbox strategy. so i look at amazon so they they bought some studios and they dipped their toes in games like i think the mo the major game that they released was uh the grand tour that uh that game based on the uh, Jeremy Clarkson mm-hmm. uh, Top Gear uh, yep. offshoot thing. Yep, and it was terrible. Right. It was <laughs> god-awful. Yeah. And then they're also... The other major thing they did was uh, they have a game dev uh, thing, uh, engine called Lumberyard, but nobody uses it. Right. So, like, that's Amazon's actual game development side of things. So, like, all of their cloud stuff they're talking about, and, like, the article talks about... Um, they talk about, like, Twitch and Mixer and stuff. And it's I do like, remember that, the, the integration. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yes, Twitch is a part of gaming, but it's not making games. It's broadcasting it. It's it's yeah. game, uh, it's game, games as, as an entertainment medium that you watch. But if Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo didn't make anything worth watching, then you probably wouldn't tune into Twitch. Yeah. Um, And, like, Google, like, yeah, maybe before Stadia came out, this article might be interesting because you don't know what Stadia is going to do. Right. But Stadia fell on its face, and it sounds like they have, uh, I think I saw somewhere that they have, like, 8,000 members right now, which is, like, nothing. Yep. So,
0: yep. And they're and they're talking about they're trying to reach the 7 billion people on the planet, which, by the way, that's like the world population. So <laughs> you're arguing that you're trying to reach all the people that, you know, indigenous tribes don't even have electricity, you know, or running water or, how, you know. Oh, Okay. I mean, I, I get the point. They're trying to say they're trying to reach the whole world, but they're saying that as, as like a number that's astronomical. So I, I'm confused by that. I'm confused because I agree with what you're saying. Like, this sounds like... And maybe that's what you do if you sit down. I mean, this isn't Forbes. The Forbes article wasn't where this quote came from. I don't know who he was talking to when he made this comment, but I agree. It sounds more like this is what you'd say to shareholders or possible investors and stuff like that. Um, He's obviously not talking to the gaming community because, like you said, they're 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 not familiar with this, you know. Right. Um, And the average gamer doesn't care how they get their experience; they just want the experience. Um, but it is weird to me that the head of the xbox division so the head of the gaming division is speaking like microsoft competing with google and amazon as far as cloud services go and, and microsoft is makes all their money from the cloud services i don't even know if the xbox brand has been profitable yet during the 360 and the early xbox one era they they had admitted that the xbox division was still not profitable now that doesn't mean that microsoft's gaming division is not profitable because they do a ton of stuff with the Microsoft Store, they have a ton of digital stuff. I'm just saying the Xbox division itself was like never profitable. So why is the head of the gaming and the Xbox division talking about Microsoft's other services that are like not gaming related? It just seems weird. Um, and again, it's 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 in a way where he's saying that like like Sony, they act like all Sony does is sell consoles to sell software. Now that might be what the fanboys are saying you know the the the, the proud playstation owners the ponies as they are referred to <laughs> from the xboxs right that, yeah they're xbox real. and ponies that's what the, <laughs> yep, yep, mm-hmm. that's real i covered this a few a few weeks ago on another podcast i
1: have heard xbox but X-Bots only from idiots and
0: ponies <laughs> so it is possible and, and i know that they're out there i know that there's the sony fanboys who go we sold 108 million consoles xbox sucks playstation's the best that's really stupid because that's not taking into account the revenue that is being made because Sony could sell 108 million units, and if they don't sell any software to go with that or make any money on software services, they don't make any money. You don't make any money on hardware. We both work for GameStop. We've seen when we lose a system to inventory, we know what the loss is and what we sell it for. Not much of a difference. What would you say on like like a... Well, you would have more recent numbers, but I remember PS2, for instance. New ones were at the time, I think, 199 I think we were paying 186 bucks.
1: Yeah, it's like five percent.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how you make no money in hardware. But what's but a couple of things that frustrate me about this too is that when they make an article like this, they act like they never like system sales never mattered. So even though system sales aren't as important today, doesn't mean that they were never important. In fact, they were very important for a very long time. So it's okay if customers still cling to that as like. The consumer clings to that as their way of being relevant because they're saying, well, I've known for the last 20 years that how many systems you sell means you win. Obviously not the case anymore because there's a lot more ways to make money. Microsoft is putting everything on both PC and Xbox and their fans look at it and go, this sucks, there's no exclusives. But Microsoft looks at it and goes, we're making twice as much money. This <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> common sense. It's really easy. So I, I don't know... Again, this article is probably what what pissed me off the most. But I also don't understand where Microsoft's coming from. I don't I don't understand where Phil Spencer thinks that they're not still competing with PlayStation, Nintendo. Because if that were the case, you wouldn't be releasing the Xbox Series X, a home console, PC hybrid, whatever the thing's gonna end up being. So they are competing still. So I don't know if when he was making that quote to someone, it wasn't supposed to get out to like the consumer side. Yeah. Because the consumer side reads that and goes. Well, if you're not competing with playstation, then are you not gonna make games for it? you know i mean that that's kind of where they're at, but I also understand it from Microsoft's perspective is that they're looking at it going, we're not worried about one system we're worried about an ecosystem to make us money, which is p c home xbox systems, game pass subscriptions x cloud all that stuff kind of wrapped
1: into one. see, I'm hoping that they like i don't I don't see those competitors, so like they, they talk about the Azure cloud system and whatnot, like I'm hoping that Game Pass it kind of is following the Netflix uh, model. So Netflix get, has insane amounts of money because half the damn planet is a subscriber and because of that they can pump billions of dollars into content.
0: Original content, yeah.
1: yes. And so I would love Game Pass to keep keep getting better and take off and be on more than just the xbox because if we can put that amount of content or that amount of money into new content that would be awesome
0: Mm -hmm. that could
1: result in some really great games and i do think that game pass is one of the best deals in gaming and i'm i am like very much a physical disc guy Mm -hmm. and i i do not want my i don't want discs to go away i'm i'm obsessed. I literally own over 6200 video games mm-hmm. and so you like... put my
0: collection to shame and i'm so proud of my collection you put mine to shame <laughs> i mean you have a bunch of ass titles in there which i is... do but that's fine <laughs> it's still it's still a hell of a collection plus you have
1: all my nintendo games that i sold you was that 15 years, 15 ago? years ago yeah yeah, I bought his entire original <laughs> NES collection, yep. and right before he opened up the, uh, his store, Game Trade, he was a couple, like, yeah, a couple Can I, years before. He's like, f- "Can I buy those oh. back?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> nope. They are forever living in my collection." Yep. <laughs> Although you've yep. replaced the most of the good stuff with I mean, better versions of those games, anyway. Yeah, anything that I want NES, I've pretty much got now, yeah. with
0: a very few exceptions. So,
1: but yeah, like, like how amazing would it be if Microsoft could pump? 20 billion dollars into game development every year yeah like obviously the turnaround time for that content is going to be longer than what a movie or a, sh- a tv show would be sure but i i think that would be gaming heaven and i like i i not only have game pass uh when they did that deal around black friday where if uh for a dollar you can convert all of mm-hmm. your your yep, xbox live time into Game Pass Ultimate, I went, uh, and I actually, yeah, this was like, I think this was in between when I was working at GameStop and when I started at the post office. So I was even in between jobs, and I went out and I bought... uh, I bought three years worth of Xbox Live at Target. Uh, Damn it, I should have done that. Yeah, and so I, because you could convert up to three years worth of Xbox Live in, oh, into Ultimate for a dollar. For a dollar. So, yeah, I loaded up three years worth of old, Xbox Live, and then I paid the buck to get it all converted. So, I sure. had Game Pass until 2022. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, and I had, I had done the deal where it was five cents a day. Okay. Uh, so, they had done that, and they let that run for about two months. And then they just automatically canceled off that and signed me up for the reoccurring every three months bill. Okay. And so I canceled it, and I was like, whatever. I It, it did make me realize how little I was using it, though, because now I've canceled it, and I'm not stressing about it. And so here's my other issue with with Game Pass, and I do like it. I like getting free games, and it, it saved me from buying Outer Worlds. <laughs> I didn't have to buy Mutant Year Zero. I played both of those at launch. And I there was some other game recently that I downloaded and played you know for free essentially yeah not free but you know i didn't have to buy the game um and but i have there is actually something that i have dubbed the netflix effect and i think if you have too many options of what to play you struggle with what you want to play and if a game irritates you or frustrates you you're going to move on from that game quickly now i'm only speaking from my own experience not i know not everyone's the same as me but if I'm watching, even watching a movie on Netflix that I've never heard of and I'm thinking maybe it'll be okay, the first 10 or 15 minutes doesn't grab me, I'll stop watching the movie and move on to something else. That's not really good because then what if the <coughs> best episode is episode two and then the whole show takes off? I'll never, I'll, I never got there, yeah. you know? And, and so it's the same thing going back a little bit further. It's the same thing when you mod your NES classic, right? And you put all the Nintendo games on it and you start flipping through and you're like, what am I going to play? You spend an hour looking for something to play. Or if you finally pick something and you play once and you fall into a a trap and you die right away, you're like, oh, this is BS. So then you switch to a different game. You're not playing through. You're not finishing anything because it almost like you need that artificial limitation. I think us as humans, we need limitations to kind of not – our attention spans are so terrible nowadays. And so I don't know. That's just kind of – that's my worry when we have like this sort of streaming service for games. Are we ever going to focus – because I I right now have so many games I want to play that even if I okay. didn't have a Netflix type service I still I still start playing a game and go I'm not gonna finish this because I'm not gonna waste another 20 hours to finish this when I could start a whole new game that I really want to play I don't know it's you, it's a weird time
1: you just described my gaming habit to a T <laughs> by <laughs> okay, the way so I'm not alone like okay. the the like uh, I'm Netflix I will watch a movie all the way through but I I have two TVs in my living room one right next to each other which I think you have that as mm-hmm. well don't you Yep I believe
0: you used uh, my idea I believe I told you that or, I like, I had it first You and then you told Nicole you're like hey Greg does it and he said it's really good idea or something you you somehow I helped you justified
1: or something i've been remember. doing that for like 10
0: years but okay so you, yeah. you i've so been doing yeah. that forever it, like it's i <laughs> nice. i'm
1: married because of that i don't think if 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 my wife had to watch me play like whatever crappy game i mm-hmm. was playing mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't have lasted like That's right. two that. years i came over we we played something on each uh, bloodborne TV. is that what it was Bloodborne. Yeah, it was uh launch bloodborne
0: really oh man that was a long time ago yeah
1: i was uh i was really excited to play it with you and then you were just talking to your chat because you're streaming And i was like i'm not talking to him in the same room as him dang it I ruined it.
0: I'm kind of a big star, so that's the thing you got to remember when you hang out with me. I'm like a really this was big that was out. even before you were doing this too. <laughs> yeah, <it> was <laughs> so you that had was. like three people in chat. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a big deal. Oh yeah, big big time. Yeah, um, but, but no, no. That, yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, like I'll I'll go down to my my all my games, which like I have all my PS4 and my Xbox One games in my lower lower level, and like I'll stare at this wall of like a thousand games and be like what should i play mm-hmm. and i spend like i i just end up like, like well i'll re my xbox actually." <laughs> and so like i re my xbox uh games for like two hours and then i end up playing nothing and i originally went down there to pick a game and go back upstairs and play it and i end up not doing it because mm-hmm. i have too many i have too many choices oh man yeah no i, I
0: that's that's exactly it And that was the same thing with Game Pass. What I would do is I would go and I would download like two or three games at a time that I wanted to try, let them finish downloading, play the first one. If I played it for 10 or 15 minutes and it didn't grab me, I was like, okay, delete it. What's the next one? It's ready to be played and play that for 10 or 15 minutes. I don't know. And and again, I know not everybody plays that way, but I know a lot of people that play that way. And I don't know. So anyway, long story short, the the console wars are still stupid. Articles like this in Forbes are still stupid. Um, and, and I think ultimately the point I was getting to when I mentioned it there was that Sony's not just doing console sales. Sony has PlayStation Now, which arguably is not nearly as good as Game Pass. I'll never say it is. But they have it. They bought that um, Gaikai streaming service years ago to turn into something like this. So they're working on that. And and actually they, they've they done streaming before Microsoft had been doing streaming. Because Microsoft Game Pass had you downloading the games yeah. to play. Like PlayStation now was literally streaming the games like from other computers. Like you were playing PS3 games remotely, yes. essentially. And, and so, and, and on the PS4, that's amazing. And that might be what Sony's thinking when they think of backwards compatibility. They might be thinking we're going to put our whole back catalog of Sony official stuff, and then we're going to slowly add people's things to a streaming service. So the idea that Sony is somehow left behind, like the headline of this article was that's not really taking into consideration the moves that Sony has done, not to mention that Sony has been really strong with digital sales of games too. It's not like Sony, it's not like when the Nintendo 64 had to be on cartridges still. And that limitation hurt it against the PlayStation one at the time, you know, Sony's not hurting themselves by keeping games forced to be on disc. They're not doing that. Their store is really good. Their online network service is all good place. And, and here's the other thing too Right. Selling 108 million consoles isn't necessarily a thing that's going to make you successful, but you have 108 million people that can sign up for PlayStation Plus as opposed to Microsoft on Xbox who have 50 million people that can sign up for Xbox Live and for Game Pass. Yeah. Um, Now. Me as a consumer, I have a switch, a PS4, an Xbox one that I never really play because I can play everything on PC and I don't have to pay for Xbox Live on PC. And until they start somehow force requiring that, which they never will do, they'll just make it all part of a bundle because they have the Xbox um, Game Pass PC beta going on right now, where you can do the same sort of thing but on PC.
1: Yeah, Game Pass Ultimate uh, gives you yeah. access to all the PC. Yeah, yeah. Game so, Pass games.
0: Yep. And so you know that's all. It's it's all good. But uh, so that that's what's kind of frustrating is people stop at the console numbers, but refuse then to say, but the people who have those consoles have the potential to reach more. And if Sony does something which they've already been talking about, if they do some sort of PlayStation cuz PlayStation Now is on PC, isn't it? Pretty sure. Uh, or they was in, I, I I I might be wrong on that. I thought
1: it was either out or it's coming out. Yes. And, it and, is because you can play God of you could play God of War technically on PC through the PlayStation right. Now service. Yep.
0: And I don't know how that worked if, if you had to have a PS4 and Now or if you just signed up for Now cuz I know certain for a while certain TVs were coming with PlayStation Now built into them. Like that was, you know, like sony is not stuck in the past they may not be pushing as hard in the future and they may not have their own cloud services and we mentioned this a little bit before we started recording but sony might use microsoft's cloud services but a lot of companies that microsoft that compete with microsoft in other avenues use their cloud services just like microsoft had to use sony's blu-ray you know, license the Blu-ray drives from Sony and Sony still did. It's not like there's people, people get hung up in these console wars and act like, why would Sony let them have permission? Let's, let's make Sony screw them over and then they can't use Blu-ray discs. Like, well, no, Sony's making money from it. Yeah. So while Microsoft's going to make money off of Sony using their cloud technology, Sony makes money off of them using their Blu-ray technology. And it's great. And that's fine. Like it's, it's people invent these wars between companies almost like that. They can't have any sort of synergy. It's, it's weird. Um, otherwise, I that's about all I had to say about it. But if there's anything you had, you know, parting wise, you wanted to say kind of about this. I know you had read another article.
1: Yeah, which on, around the same line. It was on but... Games Gamespot, and it was basically the opposite of this, where it was uh, it was Microsoft talking about how they are going to go out of their way to make the Xbox console uh, special and desirable mm-hmm. over like PlayStation. So yeah, it was it was pretty much the flip it was weird.
0: the flip of this. So this almost sounds like they took shareholder comments as to be anti-consumer almost and then the other one was more of them talking to the consumer side.
1: Yeah, which I don't even know why Forbes writes video game articles. Well, like it was going to yeah. Forbes for the, for their game news.
0: And the problem <laughs> is they've been doing a ton of these by different people <laughs> and they're all super opinionated cuz I kid you not there was a Forbes article not too long ago that talked about how PlayStation has dominated the generation and will dominate next generation. Like that and it wasn't the same person, but it was the same site. Yeah. You know, so you kind of put them together like you'd think it was the same. Obviously it's not. It's just like Kotaku or anywhere else. But yeah, it's kind of funny that they've got like these feuding system more articles on websites. Uh,
1: this this guy likes System Wars because he can write a freelance article that makes him a couple hundred bucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's why he likes System got, Wars. Got him an
0: extra couple thousand Twitter followers, and, yeah.
1: and he's happy. Yeah, that's really sad, but that's, that's really true about it. Now, the, one of the things I love about not working at a video game retail store anymore which you might still get this is the amount of customers that would come in and just read the article and regurgitate that as their opinion yes and i would hear it all the time and i would just be like oh my god would you please form your own opinion on something uh, cause there, there would be like one particular customer that, uh, because I read so much video game news every single day, I knew what he was going to say as soon yeah. as he walked in. <laughs> yep. I, I've had that too, where I, I,
0: someone will come in and say something. I'm like, Oh yeah, I read the article too, but they somehow take these words and twist it into some narrative that they're trying to push. And like, like the big one right now is everyone's convinced that the PlayStation five is going to play every PlayStation game including now cuz the last one said it maybe not be limited to consoles it might have PSP and Vita playable. <laughs> I'm like your PlayStation 5 is not going to play Vita carts, okay? Like there's it's not happening. Not in a million years. Now, will they maybe ex- maybe will they maybe allow you to play downloads from the PlayStation 3 store? Sure. I could see that. That's possible. They did cross by between like PS3 and Vita. Yeah. So you could play all, you could download PS1 games you had bought for your PS3 <gasps> and then play them on your Vita. So maybe there'll be some sort of back end where you can download all the old PS three and Vita games digitally and play them on your PS five? Sure. That's possible, that's realistic, but not the idea that it's gonna have a PSP UMD drive.
1: I would, in it. it. you know I had dreams of that like ten years ago. Oh was my like, god. Man, if the PS three just had like a a drive attachment yep. you could buy. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, why didn't the
0: Wii U have a three D S
1: game reader? The damn thing is just a <laughs>
0: 3DS, 2DS on your TV.
1: The the Wii U dabbled with releasing ROMs for 3DS games in the stupidest way possible, though. They released Brain Training, which is a game that you could buy at every GameStop for like 99 cents. It's like... You have like twenty Pokemon games mm-hmm. that would be amazing and would yep. probably sell like mad on the Wii U, and you decided brain training, which can't yep. even figure out the word blue. And then they'll look at and then they'll look at the the sales that and be like,
0: yeah, it's not really a feature people want. Right? <laughs> See, yeah. they're not going to buy brain. They're not buying Pokemon. Let's get let's get real with that. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, the the console wars continue in the mind of stupid journalists and stupid consumers. Yes. So that's it for the news articles today, John. But we have two final segments. One, we have our game of the week, which you've brought this week. Yes. And then we have our pickup pile of the week. So, as always, we do our game of the week first. Okay. Do you have it with you? I do. All right. He's he's rifling around for it as we speak. All right. So, John, please enlighten us with your game of the week.
1: So I brought Carnage Heart.
0: You don't like Carnage Heart? You think that's uh, a bad game? It's a weird game. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, carry on, Carnage Heart. So I love the box art for this game, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's like this really cool like
1: brownish hue on the front
0: and it's uh, it's go. got like a... It's, it's a mech on the front and it's got this kind of dirty, sandy kind of look to it. Very, very cool.
1: The mech looks very much like um, Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. uh, tank, almost. But the weird thing about Carnage Heart is this game is so damn complicated that there is not only... There's a uh, strategy guide booklet. <laughs> there is the standard booklet, which is also pretty damn thick and they released a mission briefing which is basically an entire tutorial a second on a disc. second disc
0: a second disc tutorial on how to play the game yeah
1: so this game is so complicated that they're like we need to put out a second disc you know what's and funny
0: i don't think i have carnage heart no no
1: let me take a look at that real quick this is awesome
0: <laughs> so here we go on the back of the box design it build it program it unleash it. The World Federation has been looking for a first commander with your set of qualifications. Your mission is to defend the mining outposts on the Jovian moons from competing corporate pirates. Go from blueprint to battlefield as you design, build, program, and launch your mechanized warrior into the conflict. Uh, This game looks like ass, man. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think I want this, actually. (laughs) It looks terrible. I think this was (laughs) pre-armored
1: core as well.
0: (laughs) (coughs) It was You'd made be surprised. by Armored Core. Armored Core ones very early. This is 1997.
1: Art Dink. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, and like I'm surprised that any company was brave enough to put this out because like it's so damn niche. Like yeah, like this would
0: sell a, a million copies in Japan like in a day. Yeah, but I, here we're just like eh, too much simulation. You gotta customize stuff. Yeah, build it love the art though man i love that spine like that's how sad i am of the collector i look at this and go man this looks so good on the shelf like this game sucks but
1: i pulled that off the shelf and then i was like oh the case is cracked yeah man ah. you, got, you got no self-respect for your collection job we gotta make your collection better no i do there you go <laughs> i just need to get a whole so... crap load of budget uh cd <sighs> cases yeah. to fix stuff
0: so there you go carnage heart on the ps1 is john's game of the week but it's not a good game so he's saying don't play it
1: yeah it's it's not good
0: <laughs> but it is interesting to learn about. So maybe the game of the week doesn't have to be a game you want to play. Just be something to learn.
1: Like the more you know, sort of like the more you know. Well, I thought, I thought you were going to have a game of the week. That was uh, good. Yeah, so I was just bringing, because <laughs> like I, I've, I'm jabbing him to do something besides just PS1 games. So I was like, well, I will bring a PS1 game. But it's not good to play your
0: game. And you know, part of the reason I do that is because <coughs> I can't remember what if I've done any Genesis games yet. And okay. if I've already done them, I don't want to do them again.
1: I don't think... Uh, I mean... I don't remember.
0: I, I don't think... I thought I started with Nintendo. Like NES, and I went through most yeah. of those, like 50 or 60 of those, and then I think I started on PlayStation. Or What the hell episode are you on on this? Podcast? 154 Jesus. or something? Yeah. my Good Lord. My shit is tight. I do it all the time. Uh, so, okay. So, I actually, though, I could see that being a segment. Like, it could be Greg's game of the week and then John's bad game of the week. Like, Greg's good game of the week, John's bad game of the I week. And you could bring a bad game. A lot, of bad, a lot of bad games. You have a lot of bad games. <laughs> I think that's a good... See, we might key that We if if we, if we this flow works and people like it, we'll keep doing it. Um. So, with that being said, it's time for the Pickup Pile of the Week. Uh, Do you have yours ready? Otherwise, I do. Okay. So, I'll tell you what. I'll start with mine because we just listened to us talk about Carnage Heart. So, I have three games in my Pickup... Oh, that's an amazing Pickup Pile. It's way more than mine. Uh, I have three games in my Pickup Pile of the Week. I'll hear it so you can see them. So I got a copy of The Sinking City on PS4. Okay. Dave actually bought that for me because it was part of the 4 for 20 at GameStop. Yep. And he picked up three games, couldn't find a fourth one, bought this for me, and just gave it to me. So I want to play Sinking City. It's actually been on my list for a while. I just, you know, everything else that came out, I just went to Wayside. I got a copy of the PS3 version of Watchmen, The End is Nigh. So I actually like this game. I don't know if you played Watchmen on 360 or PS3, but
1: I have that exact game and then I also have the Xbox 360 nice. version and I have played them and I don't like
0: it. <laughs> I, I I always felt like it was the spiritual successor to the Warriors. I know it's not okay. as good as the Warriors but like as a two player beat em up it was okay. Plus it was a prequel to the Watchmen movie where you play as Night Owl and Rorschach fighting crime together. Yeah. So I liked it cuz I'm a big Watchmen fan so that helped. I'm sure the I games did like
1: mediocre. that movie as well.
0: But I but this one also comes with the movie which is cool. It had yep. the Blu-ray and the thing and it's in like a it's got like a plastic slip cover really cool. And this one I'm really, really happy with. So, yeah, what the hell is that? So Probotector is what they call Contra oh, in Europe.
1: Okay. I didn't so, see Probotector. Yeah.
0: So Probotector 2, it's called Probotector 2 Return of the Evil Forces. Okay. Sure, that's a fine name. It's actually Super C. That's what I was going
1: to say. Is that Super so, C yeah, technically? Yeah. So, so this
0: game is our Super C. However, Probotector in Europe, they replace all the human models with robots. Okay. So when you play... Probotector 1 it's the first level of Contra that you've played a million times mm-hmm. but you're like a robot guy instead of a human with no shirt on so I, I love Contra it's one of my favorite games and so I'm enamored with Probotector when I was in Ireland I found a copy of Protector 1 card only okay. and I bought it for a friend of mine Jack and so I found someone in Greece who had a mint in box Protector 2 for NES so I now have it because I bought it from him was that pricey? It was two hundred dollars. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it was very expensive. Um, but it was well worth it. The condition's incredible. And the cool thing is he likes to collect US boxed NES games. Okay. And I'm like, dude, if I need some more European ones, I own a store, I can trade with you my US ones for your European ones. So those are my three game my, my three pickup pile of the week. Sinking city for PS4, it's like a Cthulhu esque um, adventure style game. Watchmen for PS3, which is a two player beat 'em up. And Probotector to the the European version of Contra, uh, mint Minton Box. So, whew, so that was my those are my bangers of the week.
1: I actually started playing Sinking City uh, this week because I also bought that game like All a week right. and a half ago right. uh, at the GameStop five for twenty deal. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I've been pillaging that sale. Mm. The, uh, not only so GameStop has a whole they have a four games that are nine ninety nine or under come out to twenty bucks. And um, they also dropped a ton of games down to under nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. And, like, games that are relatively new, like on Xbox One, um, the Indivisible game, which is the Lab Zero oh, yeah. game, yeah, yeah. and it's fantastic, is under 10 bucks
0: On Xbox One?
1: Yeah. So That's it's part bad. of that deal. And they converted it from pre-owned. So, so it's a brand nice. new disc that you're getting, but they just took the shrink wrap off and switched it to pre-owned. That's awesome. Um, so, like, I already own that game, but, like, if I didn't find a fourth game yesterday for the 4 for 20 I was doing, I was just going to buy that game and give it to a buddy of mine and be like, here, you own this now. It's great. But, yeah, the uh, GameStop sucks these days, but that 4 for 20 deal is awesome. It's a good deal. Yeah. But, all right. So we ready for my pickup pile? Yes,
0: please hit me with it. All right, so I'm just texting my I have wife dropped to them, no, this
1: twice uh, in the, like, the time when I was going to bring it here. Uh, <laughs> so I dropped it once. Going uh, downstairs to get in my car. uh, And then I dropped it once in the parking lot. So I got some road rash on it already. Oh, my goodness. Um, Did you just get this? Yeah. So I got the Pokemon uh, Switch Lite uh for 85 dollars oh well okay now we're talking that's a good price uh i did not plan on buying a third nintendo switch and then my friend that works at a different and far crappier resale shop uh in town was like (laughs) hey we have a we have a switch Lite pokemon edition and i could get it for you for 85 bucks i was like i need that um so (laughs) yeah i must have it i bought this um at some point when my kid is old enough, I will give her my blue switch light and be like, Here, play games. So you have a switch and two switch lights? Yes. Alright. Well I
0: wouldn't have turned that down for that price. Yeah. I'd have bought that in a second.
1: Uh so I got Psychonauts, uh, Rhombus of Ruin. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I bought from some Joker's store. Mm-hmm. Uh, for twenty bucks. Probably the best game store on the planet yeah. if I had if I had to guess. Um Looks Which like it came from... It, it's great, because I bought this right after Greg uh, got done just talking crap about Tim Schafer and how much <laughs> Tim Schaefer's so a much piece I of crap. I hate Tim Schafer. And then I went over <laughs> to the wall, and I was like, hey, I don't own Psychonauts. Well, See, I don't own the VR Psychonauts he, he, game. You fell for my oh. ultimate plan. I got you thinking about Psychonauts. Got yep. you to buy it. Uh, so... my put some, put some
0: order to this. Do all the PS4
1: in a row. What is wrong with you? Uh, well, I'm doing my 5 for... Oh no! So this is oh my god! This is my GameStop four for twenty deal. Some greasy games. So I got Locks Quest, which is it's it's not bad. (laughs) It's by uh,
0: it's a three, it's a DS game. It is a DS game. They ported to the PS four,
1: and it's great. (laughs) Okay, Um, I'm glad you like it. Um, I like Fifth Cell, who does the Scribblenauts games, or Mm -hmm. did the Scribblenauts games, and I think now might be dead. Um, that developer doesn't seem to be making anything, but Hmm. um, so. Lock's Quest is cool. Um, I got Tropical 5, which was purely just being bought, so that way I could get the <laughs> five or 4 for 20 deal. Same thing with Call of Duty uh, World War II. I haven't bought a Call of Duty game in years, and I will probably never play this. Hmm. Um, sudden Strike 4 Complete Edition comes with all the DLC. Uh, this was another game that was converted from pre-owned. So, right. like, it's it's brand new. So, what John's talking about with that is um, every now and then GameStop does a
0: SKU conversion where they have brand new sealed games. They convert them to used. They take them from the new price, start selling them at the used price, and then take, like, the shrink wrap off the game and sell it as a used one. So, it's literally a brand new game that just had the plastic taken off. Yeah. So.
1: All right. So... That was the crap that, that doesn't was your, matter. That was your greasy yeah. five for twenty. Okay. This was just me with my stupid video game buying obsession. <laughs> um, and well, actually, this one's included too. Uh, I got everybody's golf VR uh, at Walmart for cheap-ish. Good, not, not five dollars sub twenty, but uh, yeah, under okay. twenty. Okay. Um, so I got that, and then this is the good stuff that I actually care about. Mm. Um, I got Journey to the Savage Planet. Uh, I love this game. Uh, for thirty bucks, it is a steal.
0: It's like a fun version of No Man's
1: Sky. Uh, I would compare it more to Metroid, actually. Metroid um, Prime. Yeah, I hate Metroid Prime. Uh, so, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's too. weird. <laughs> I me love too. Super Metroid. Um, I hate Metroid Prime, and like this, it just it's more fun than Metroid Prime. Like, I like the world. It's very colorful. It's very funny. Um, the first hour, like couple hours of the game are an absolute blast mm. I played with uh, my buddy Ryan came over and we were playing through it and we were laughing our asses off um, awesome. so yeah I really like this I ended up beating it um, and I definitely want to go back and clean up some stuff um, there is a speed run achievement for beating the game under 4 hours which right. I don't know how the hell you can do that because uh, there were definitely power ups that you need to beat the game that I didn't get mm. until like 15 hours in so yeah, that one is awesome. Uh, I picked up Life is Strange 2. Uh, I'm a big Xbox freak. Also, the uh, the green screen is totally taking away the case, which is kind of funny. Um, looks a lot darker when it's all black. Here. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> much scarier looking it's game. Very dark. Um, I, I love Life is Strange. I was very disappointed that I couldn't get the collector's edition of this. Um, they only sold it through the Square Enix site. And... The major reason I love Life is Strange is the soundtracks are so good. Mm-hmm. And the Collector's Edition for, for this one didn't come with a CD soundtrack. It only came with an LP. And I actually like to listen to the c- soundtrack in my car. Right. So I ended up passing on the Collector's Edition. But this game is still great. I pass on all Collector's Editions now. I'm totally off of them. I, yeah. I for the most part, I am too. Um, that one in like, those games, when they had the soundtrack... I would definitely go out of my way sure. to buy them, but since they didn't have the soundtrack, I skipped it. Uh, and then the last game I got is Zombie Army Four: uh, Dead War. Zombie Army Dead War Four? Yeah, it's they really <laughs> they some... suck at naming these games. Uh. Um, but it's Sniper Elite Zombies, and I love the Sniper Elite games. And this one is way better than the trilogy was. Um, it they they definitely have some of the new like weekly play incentives. So like they have a they have a weekly or a playlist that you can play and get you get some unlockables right away. Uh which normally I never play online and mm. it had me jump into that right away. All and right. I like it a lot. Uh anybody bitching about not having Left for Dead three, play this game. It's awesome. Alright. There you go. And uh, also Vermintide too is very good to feel I, that I picked, Left For Dead itch. I picked up Vermintide but like I don't know. Is it, are there guns? Like it's it's.
0: Mm, no, I mean it's mostly. I think it's all melee for the most part. Okay. I think there's one that has maybe throwing daggers or something.
1: I have bought so many Warhammer games. It's like an old Warhammer game. It's yeah, kind of like
0: forty k. But if they did a Warhammer forty k. <gasps> Vermintide, like, that'd be amazing. You know, like, where you had guns and, like, the chainsaw. Yeah, that'd be
1: awesome. Well, that'd it be... seems like the 40k Warhammer games that have come out in the last couple of years are not great. There's so
0: many that are not good. I yeah. Don't know what's going on with And that.
1: then, like, the classic Warhammer games seem to be the ones that are getting decent reviews. Yeah. It's weird. Um, I bought, like, I probably have, like, Twenty Ding Warhammer games in well, the last couple years. Well, all those like,
0: Space Hulk and Hulk Tactics, and like, they're all bad. It yeah. sucks. It really sucks.
1: They're, you know, the game's great when they have like no screenshots on the back of the box and, it, and almost no text.
0: And and it's new for ten dollars at GameStop like three weeks after it yep. comes out. Um. So, all right, awesome. That's a, that's a that's a good pickup pile. That's an average Greg pickup pile. I was actually pretty light today <laughs> with only three. Um. So that is it, everybody. Thank you as always for listening and watching. Definitely give me some feedback if you stop in the store or if you leave a message. Or, you know, whatever, send me a send me a tweet at Game Trade Greg. Like, hit me up. I want to know how you thought today's format went. Obviously, a bit longer than we normally do, but I think it was good. I liked it. I liked having the conversation as opposed to um, just kind of rambling on and hoping that you all are still listening. So um, you don't forget, of course, you can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash drop rate, not the drop rate, sorry, youtube.com slash drop rate, twitch.tv slash the drop rate. I'm on Twitter at Game Trade Greg. John, you're on Twitter at...
1: Uh, dryer combo, but I don't tweet anything. Doesn't
0: tweet anything. He just uh, replies to other people, so you don't have to follow him if you don't want
1: to. You can follow me in a mail truck. Uh... <laughs> you, you see him stalking <laughs> around the Green Bay area. But uh, thank you again,
0: everybody, for always for listening and watching. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.